Hi, everyone. Before we get started, I just wanted to let you know that your girl is on Patreon. What else is going on podcast, aka Wego, W-E-I-G-O, is on Patreon. So if you feel so inclined and want to support your girl that way, you can head on over to patreon.com slash Wego podcast. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash Wego podcast, W-E-I-G-O podcast. Now, if you don't want to be on a monthly recurring thing, I totally understand that. But if you want to support, you can head on over to buymeacoffee.com slash Wego, W-E-I-G-O. Again, buymeacoffee.com slash W-E-I-G-O. Because you know, a girl be trying to put in some work and a coffee could help me stay awake. So those are your two options. And if you don't want to do either of those things, if you could rate, review, and subscribe and share with your friends, I would love that. Now, on to the episode. And the following podcast is a CJ Media Production. Welcome to the What Else Is Going On podcast, the intersection where pop culture life and real life meet up. Get ready to deep dive into all things reality TV and the dichotomy of loving the game, but not necessarily the players when they start to reflect real-life issues like deep-seated discrimination and a world rooted in racism. Feeling conflicted because I love... Clip! 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 And I also have to chant, Black Lives Matter. Buckle your seatbelts and brace yourselves because my foot is off the brake and this intersection gets busy. So come along for the ride so we can see what else is going on. I could not be better. How are you? Me too. I'm so excited. Ooh. I like Bartonora. I actually am not familiar with it. Is that blue, that bottle? Yes. I'll send you a picture. It's really good. Really? What? What is? What was it specifically? A, a Moscato. Oh, yeah. That's right. You love Moscato. Yes, I love Moscato. So if you want something sweet. I cracked up when I read your text. And I- <laughs> yeah, honestly, so I-, well, I was like, should I? Is it weird? that I'm like alone and having a drink, but it's such a celebratory weekend. Like, no. yeah. So guys, if you have been living under a rock and don't know who Rick from um, Wives Tonight is, you are yeah living under a rock. I have Rick, the one, the only awesome podcast host that's funny, smart, quick, um, gives hilarious takes and is handsome to boot. So Rick, welcome. Oh. That was the best intro, and I'm glad you said handsome because um, I can't say that about myself. So I need people <laughs> to let those who can't see me know that you know I'm not so bad. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I w- will say that um, it's so funny. I was listening to I don't even know what podcast it was, and they were talking about being excited about Family Karma coming back, mm-hmm. and they were talking about Brian and Brian is. So cute. And I was like, uh, Rick has to beat by a mile. Thank you very much. Oh, that's so sweet. Thank you so much. No, that's also, you know, also a good looking cast. Um, yes. But, you know, just my, my beauty journey is that in, uh, in middle school, I, my seventh or eighth grade class photo, I was in a NASA sweatshirt. So I was, um, I was a late bloomer. Um, and I think a lot of Indian kids are late bloomers. And so, yeah, it just takes us a while to like, well, it's weird. It's like a cultural thing. It's like, we're not raised to be super confident about 
our looks and it's considered like really egotistical. And so you're supposed to be really humble. And so there's, you know, and there's that line of like, what's super egotistical versus like just having confidence, you know? And unfortunately we're raised to be like fully opposite to be like, no, no, no like nose to the ground, do your work and like, don't yes. talk about yourself. Yeah. yeah. So and whenever people say nice things like that, I'm always like, Oh, that always makes me uncomfortable. It feels weird. Like, doesn't it? It feels weird. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's funny because I was having that conversation uh, with a friend of mine before, because we were talking about our kids and you have some people that will tell their kids, uh, you know, it's more, it's more than your looks. And especially with girls, it's more than your looks and you need to uh, keep your nose in the books and you need to do this. And, well, almost at the point of like almost low self-esteem, like you're not as cute as you think you are, but especially with women, you look for that when you get older, teenage years and older. I said, and you don't want them finding it somewhere else. Why can't we raise them to be smart and know they're beautiful? Why can't it be both? Why does it have to be, no, your looks are, your looks don't matter. And like I said, putting them down to what build them up later. So I've right. always tried to tell my kids, you are beautiful, bright, brilliant, smart, be confident in yourself. Oh, I love that. Everyone wants to feel like they're cute. I mean, come on, mm-hmm. you know? No, I know. Yeah. And it's, and I understand like the, I understand not wanting your kids to, first of all, I can't even imagine as a parent, like I'm not a parent, but I always think about the pressure to make sure that you don't make a mistake because yes you can do your best and like look mistakes yep. happen or without even you even realizing you accidentally instilled your kid with some sort of um hang up right. about something you don't even yep. mean to do it it's like that's a lot of pressure it's like a tightrope and i think that's why as parents we need to be more open i know i'm not sure in the indian community but i know in the black community it's basically like for years it's not we don't have open forums to talk about Oh, what a parent did wrong. Like you better not even say what yeah. they did what wrong, you know? <laughs> there oh, is- absolutely. It's considered like, well, you know, the, the few times I've brought that up um, at home, the response has been like, well, that's in the past. Like, why are you so worried about that? Like, and it's just that, that pushing down of, you know, I was talking to my sister about this yesterday and we were talking about sort of middle America and, you know, drug epidemics that are in cities and how, Sometimes I feel like this is connected, I promise. Somehow, some, sometimes I feel like when, you know, when you don't leave your hometown and you just kind of stick around, every, every day feels like the same and you get depressed. And then in these middle, middle America, especially the, the American way is you don't go to a therapist. You don't talk oh. about your emotions or your feelings. And so you turn what you're feeling is depression, but you don't even know it's depression. So you look for that excitement and that rush and that's where the drugs yep. come in and you know, we were just talking about how it's considered to be so, like in LA, everyone talks about, oh, my therapist, my therapist. But mm-hmm. really, it's still in American culture, Indian culture as well. It's such a taboo to seek mental help unless you have a problem. Yes, yes. Yeah. And, and in the Black community, and especially if you go to church, it's like, I always think back to an episode of Blackish when Dre's mom, Dre was going through it, and, and so was um, Rainbow, the wife, and... um she was like at Tracy Ellis Ross and the mom was like, black people don't go to therapists. We take a bath and read the Bible. And I'm like, okay, (laughs) ma'am. No. And it was a joke, but it's so often how we're raised. Yeah, I know. And you know, so I don't want to jump the gun, but just in general on housewives, whenever they seek counsel with 
their pastor, you know, I, as I'm, I'm Hindu, so I don't, you know, I wasn't raised in the church, so I don't really know what quality of counsel is available Mm -hmm. uh, in churches and it could be perfectly healthy and wonderful. And that's great. But sometimes I do wish they would supplement it with Mm -hmm. somebody who has studied human behavior and because faith is so important and it can get you through some really dark times. But additionally, I think it's also important to understand the why, why does my brain do this? What is my trigger? And that's to me, like in, in my therapy travels, despite my therapist, our relationship crashed and burned so hard. But in general, I do, what I took away from her was, you know, ways to deal with anxiety and what my triggers are and what is the fact that I write, produce and direct things in my head that never happened. And then I okay. react based on those things. I don't know if I could have learned that from, maybe I could have, I don't want to generalize, but from somebody who has not studied psychology, I don't know that those connections would have been made. I think that's fair. I think it depends. Certain pastors are um, actually trained in both. I I was going to say it's rare, but I'm not even going to say that because I don't know that. I feel like if if you want that spiritual aspect of it, and because some Christians feel like they don't want to go to counseling because they're going to tell them something that they don't believe. But if you know about counseling, it's you talking to someone and then they basically, like you said, telling you, well, what I'm hearing is this or what I'm hearing is that. So um, I went to counseling a while back and I looked up a Christian counselor. Mm -hmm. So it was like, and like before it, we, he said a prayer and I was fine with that. And so it, it's, you need to find someone, like you said, that's uh, trained. And if you want to see your pastor, great. But like you said, see somebody else along with it your pastor is more for spiritual guidance yes which is so important as well yeah that's yeah right that's so different so i um was listening to and i'm sure you're probably thinking of monique on the housewives of potomac and i thought her counselor what he said was great but like if he's not trained you Mm -hmm. do need to follow up with additional counseling someone that's going that you're going to go back and see because let's be honest pastors and especially if they have bigger churches they cannot counsel a hundred members. I mean, if you have, if Monique, say if it was her and 30 other members, depending on how big the size of his church is, can you really give attention to what that person is going through? Right, so right. I, I feel like you definitely need to be, there's a preacher and um, I've listened to him before. He's great. And when I say he's huge, like he's really big in the, in the um, church world, I should say. And he did this post one day and I was like, yes, he said, Praying is great. Uh, talking to your pastor is great. Fasting is great. And then take your butt to a therapist that's trained to help you. He literally said that. That's amazing. I love yeah. that. Yeah. yeah, because there's no need to. And, you know, this is where we get down to the discussions we've been having for four years about refuting science and, you know, <gasps> and refuting facts. And I think it's also important, like you're saying, to have a science-backed way to understand why your brain works the way it does. But I think that's great. If there's somebody who can offer both, I mean, best of both worlds. One stop right. shop. That's, yeah, that's awesome. And then like too, there's this whole thing about, you know, people don't understand that your brain can legitimately be wired differently. It doesn't mean something's wrong. I, I, did, I told a friend of mine that she said, my brain is broken. I said, no, Mm-mm. you just have to navigate yours differently than maybe your friend. That's right. it. So you just have to find the right way to navigate it. And this, this whole thing of 
not seeing a counselor because God will fix everything, but you take allergy medicine. So yeah, yeah. Well, then, but then the argument there is, well, I'm, I, that was meant to happen to me and I'm being tested and that's my test is the allergies and like, yeah, I, but yeah, but you but take they're still treating right. it, right? But they're yeah, still treating it. Right. Yeah. And that's based in science. Yeah. Yeah. So I tell people all the time, if you believe in God, then believe that he created people to help you. Yeah. He created people to make the medicines. I mean, if, if, if we're going to have that argument, I can't, people cannot pick and choose what they want to believe out of any faith when it suits them. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm so with you guys on that. I've heard a couple people say that about counseling, like, yeah, it's great. It, and if he helped her, if he's the gateway, great, mm-hmm. but go see someone. Right. So it's crazy though, because I don't know if you notice uh, while watching his face, the way he was kind of like looking at her, almost like he wasn't being snow, like he was like, okay, I'm listening, but I'm still going to come back and not just coddle you. And so I was on this, <laughs> this uh, YouTube watching this uh, recapper and she was talking about it or whatever. And then I was just like reading the comments, like, oh, what's the feet? What's the temperature? And some of them lived in Maryland too. And I'm like, oh, wow. Okay. So I'm just watching. And one lady was like, oh yeah, that pastor's really great. Um, Notice the first lady is sick of it because Monique, Monique was already kicked out of church for fighting one of the congregants. And I was like, uh, what? what? And I was like, I never heard that. Like what? So I, I was like, okay. Isn't that the thing about Monique that it's so crazy with her on one hand, she does give us herself and she does yes. give us her, her marriage, but I still feel like there is artifice and performance with her. And I, I, I feel like it's funny because I was thinking about like from the time she went on, like, why did I, what was it that didn't draw her to me? I could tell oh, you, same. right. And you know, and I'm like, I could tell you what drew me to can't, what, no, I mean, what didn't draw me to Candace over mm-hmm. and over and over again. And then what turned the tide for me with her, I can yep. tell you that, but with Monique, I couldn't get it. And when her pastor said that about the whole, you know, you're upset because they're not impressed by what you have. I realized she reminded me of a person that I used to know. Well, I know her still, but that I know. And she was very much like that. And it always seemed like she was like that with me in particular. And I could never figure out why I'm like, you don't have to prove anything to me. You don't have to tell me about your red bottoms and your bags and your like how fine your husband is. I'm like, I see him on Sunday. It was just very much a, I'm above this. And it it really turned me off. And I think, so when Monique's pastor said that, I don't know why, but that's what it is. Um, Even though I I will say it over and over again, I liked her and Candace together. Individually, I didn't like them, but as friends, I thought they were funny. Um, I thought they were like shady a little bit. Like I liked their friendship, I guess for them. Yeah. I, I feel like they're, when they made up and they got, so they had that like, almost altercation the, the yes. original drag me or whatever <laughs> yes at, at barn farm thing and then they made up it seemed like between seasons and then when they came back is when all is when the first round of those rumors because those rumors about the horrible miscarriage that whole situation was actually last season yes so, so i think it was between it was so when they talk about how they were so close and whatever to me i don't know that have we seen a lot of examples? Because whenever they flash back, it's like one moment of them together. Right. Or the picture that was off season. So right. I never, much like, like, whereas with Bethany and Jill, right? We yes. saw the okay. friendship. Yes. Um, yes. Lisa and Kyle 
on Beverly Hills, we saw that friendship. Right. The two of okay. them, I feel like we only got glimpses. And so when they were playing that sad violin music over, I think Candace being like, our friendship or whatever. I'm like, <laughs> were you guys really that close or were you just like tolerating each other? So it's interesting why- you say that. And I'm sorry, I, because you're uh-huh. the second person that I've heard say that and I haven't heard anyone else say that. And it was, it was another gentleman. And it's funny how guys sometimes can see things like through through a lens of no, that doesn't seem fake. Whereas to me, it's like, well, if they say, if they call it call them their sister, then they're clearly they're close. But that is such a good point. We've never really. But what do they flash the- when they say that? It's a picture right. of some event. There's right. no like. I feel like if you film together for what three years now, they've been filming together. Yeah, yeah. Um, and if you were sisters at one point, wouldn't we have seen some version of that on camera? That's true. That's true. They, film, they do film for a while, plus reunion. Um, right. I guess maybe it just happened to happen between seasons and we just didn't see it. But, um, but that's, 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 that's a good the, point. The, the emotional investment in that story, it's tough for me. And we were talking before and I was like, I have not watched Potomac this last. I can't get myself to go back to that world every Sunday, especially I mean, now, of course, the world has set <sighs> up again, so everything feels wonderful. But prior to yesterday, it was not a, a world I felt like going back to, where we're right. ripping apart the same fight, and it's there's so much darkness in that fight. Um, and, you know, it wasn't like on Beverly Hills, where they also beat fights to death, but that was about, like, hooking up and brandy, and there was, like, an air of, like, silliness to it. Okay, yes, and okay. This had so much gravity, and it was so real, um, that it's just not something I'm excited to go back to watching. Right. I, I get, and, and looking at it from your point of view, what you're saying, it would make sense. What, what's my emotional involvement when I don't even really believe they were as close as they say they are. So that makes, that makes sense. It, it's so crazy to hear, like you're the second guy that I've heard say that. And I'm like, wow. Okay. That makes sense. Uh, the other gentleman, Donnie from, um, I know that pod, he said pretty much the same thing. I he came on last week, so his will be out like in a week. And he I said, love them by the way. They're that yeah. Aren't great. they amazing? Oh, they're so great, they and they're so, so supportive. They're just supportive yes. of other podcasters, which is so awesome. Yes, that that's what I love. I'm like it's it's in this world there where there can be so much. Oh, I've got to get ahead. It's like yeah, ahead no. of what? Like right? <laughs> yeah. If I I am I feel like I told my husband one time we were talking about that and. Let's say I'll use R&B singers. You have your Trey songs. Then you may have had your, I don't even know who's out today. I might have to take it back to my day. But let's just say you had your Blackstreet. You had your 112. You had all of those groups. They all had a humongous fan base and they sang different songs. Then you have rappers that don't sing like singers. Then you have reggae artists that don't rap. And they've all made it. Like there's enough room for everyone, mm-hmm. you know? It's so. true. And we all offer something different. We're not mm-hmm. all trying to compete for the same type of podcast, you know? So there's no need to, and also like, this is such a new cottage industry of yes. Bravo podcasters and over quarantine, I feel like especially, which I don't even like to say quarantine because none of us were quarantined, by the way, quarantine, <laughs> like you cannot <laughs> step outside your home and please, yeah. we were all like walking outside with masks. So I don't like to say quarantine, but you know, since March, I think, I feel like 25 new podcasts mm-hmm. have come out because we're all like looking for an outlet. So there's just no point in being like nasty and competitive, which I don't, I haven't really experienced that to be honest. But Me neither. And which I was they shocked. They take it to another level of support, which I love. 
Yes, that's what it is. Yes. And I was, I wasn't, I guess I won't say, I wasn't shocked that I didn't experience it. I was shocked at how welcoming. Yeah. You know, the community was. And I'm, especially you, like guys, um, I've talked to Rick before I was doing this podcast. And then I DM'd him one time from this podcast. And I'm like, I don't know if you remember me, but we used to talk. <laughs> He's like, and I did yeah. remember you. <laughs> I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> we used to talk on Twitter. Yes, yes. Yep, yep. I love, absolutely love um, your podcast. I love your takes. And I love your honesty, you know, in not even in this day, even if I don't agree Hmm. with like hearing people's honesty, it's they're being, if if, even if I don't agree about someone's take, they're being honest about it versus I don't want to offend this Bravo world because I may want this person on my podcast. So, but they actually tell the truth. Yeah. That's a whole other thing. Yeah, I know. And I think there are, and this is like not meant to be shady at all, but within the podcasting community, there are some folks who sort of um, like to touch the sun for lack of a better word and like get it and get in touch with the housewives and form relationships, which is totally cool. I get it. Mm -hmm. Like it's just, it's just not for me personally. And so I think, Partially, it's because then you can't get on your mic and be yourself because you are like, oh, I don't want to upset this person. Which, yeah. So to me, I'm not um, adept enough to juggle that kind of complicated thing of like, I can't offend this person, but this person, I just don't have the brain to do it. So that's why I don't even like try to reach out to them. My, the only housewife that follows me that I, that is Sonia. And so I, but I don't think I post anything. I wasn't really ripping on Sonia regularly anyway in my stories. Um, what she does do though is she tags me in her OnlyFans. <laughs> like she'll post like, get a message for me or come on OnlyFans. And she'll tag a bunch of, it's not just me. Oh she'll my tag God. a lot of people. And I was like, I'm not going to push her OnlyFans. Like that's weird. <laughs> I feel like she's seen you because I think she, she would definitely love you. No, make, I don't I, think, you, you, don't, you don't think she's dug, look, had her interns dug, dug you, dig you up? Like, who is this? <laughs> no, no. I, I, first of all, I don't know that she like really, to me, she's such an odd one. I just can't imagine her yes. sitting focused on her phone long enough to right. like look someone up because she's right. always like, oh, blah, my interns and this and this business. Right. So I don't think it's that deep for her. I think it's just because I posted memes with her, I feel like she's gotten yeah. tagged in them. And so she's like, oh, this person likes my content. Let me just, right. you know, be a failure. For the OnlyFans, it's hilarious. Yeah. So her and Dorinda are on OnlyFans. It's like, you guys, look, it's like, look around the room in OnlyFans and look at <laughs> other. Well, like, now. Kelly yeah. ben, ben Simone is in OnlyFans also. She is <laughs> insufferable. <laughs> Kristen, who, who we love, one of my good friends, she, yes. that was her number one, cannot deal, cannot handle. For me, it was Carol. Carol's my number one, cannot stand. But <laughs> yeah, for her, it was Kelly because Kelly just, Andy Cohen, did you listen to Andy on Danny Pellegrino's podcast? Yes. Yes, I Andy did. Andy was saying that there was like this whole concern about yeah. Kelly's state on Scary Island and yet they brought her back for another season. And that's the, right. It's like, where do you, at what point do they say, well, each person is responsible for themselves. So if they say they're in fine mental health, then that's fine. But it's like, where is there any responsibility or are you absolved of all responsibility? Because if you're absolved of all responsibility, then the firing on Vanderpump rules, you know what I mean? So it's like, if you're absolved, of everything then stay out of it. Like there has to be a line. Yeah. Mentally and yeah, I, I, I appreciated that interview. I guess for me, it was funny. I told my husband, I want to interview, 
Don Lemon and Chris Cuomo. Oh, yeah. And I said, of course, it wouldn't be about the housewives. But I think I kind of let my other podcast go for a little bit that I was focused on this and I need to pick back up on it. But I love talking about housewives, but there's something in me. If I had a housewife on, I don't want to talk about the show mm-hmm. with you. Mm-hmm. I want to talk unless something happened so traumatic and it relates to something else going on. But I want to know the things that like watching you, like um, for Bethany, when she was on Deli Pe- Danny Pellegrino's podcast and she said, well, you know, her, her petition on WAP and she goes, wait, that's how you say it, right? WAP, WAP, whatever. Uh, <laughs> say the words out loud. I always go, right, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, and she was like, um, did you hear her interview? I did, yeah. I have thoughts on it related to something we talked about earlier, uh, like 20 minutes ago, but keep going. I need you to share them. Okay, because yeah, yeah. when she said, um, basically, she felt like, and, and I'm, I'm summarizing, guys. I don't, I'm not saying exactly like she said it, but basically, she was giving her thoughts about how women are trying to basically, in quotes, take back power from mm. men by using words that men use. And it's like, so, and I wanted to know, well, is it okay then that you used those words to women because you're not a man and, and that's what makes it different? Because mm. you yourself have used that type of language towards women as far as calling the man a hypocrite and a slut who sleeps with everybody. So was, it diff- was that only a one-time moment thing? Because the words came out easily. Like, I want to know, like, let's really get into it. Yeah. You know? I will say for, th- for that moment, I remember she instantly, not instantly, but like within hours was like, what have I done? And she apologized to her for that word, which I think was also notable too. It's like, that's a horrible okay. thing to call someone. But she did own up to it. But she's also said like, she also called her like a dumb drag queen, which is yes. a thing. But you know, that was season season three. Not that it's an excuse, but mm-hmm. at that, I mean, she's also done a lot of like, well, I mean, her her dogs like Biggie and Smalls and she. <laughs> She did, she did a lot of like, oh no, you didn't, like all yes. that nonsense. Oh. So she, yeah, it was season, um, season two or three. It was like her favorite thing to say. And it was like, you, you have to stop. Like even right. then I remember being like, that just feels weird. Don't do that. Um, but what I was going to say about her interview was she's another one where I can't tell where that line is between, is she just owning her accomplishments or is she being super huh. arrogant? That- on that podcast, I cringed several times because she was like, I was the only one. I did it. I was the first. I was the first one. And, you know, yes. after me, they did this. And it was just like, is it her tone or maybe she's right to just own what she's done? I don't know. I literally had the same thought. I was, I was upstairs walking back and forth. I, was, I don't know if I was, doing, I was doing a self-care day facial or something. So I could walk in, like back and forth from my room to my bathroom. Like, okay, do I take my mask off? Do I do this? And yeah. I remember stopping in my hallway going, the first thing I said was, you know what? Yes, we need to be okay with promoting ourselves. And then my second thought was, but I don't know if that is what this is. And I think for me, what, what almost made it not that was because everything she said, like with the podcast, like you give her a compliment and it's like, I didn't know what it was. I, I just didn't know what it was. I just sit down and record. And it's like, mm-hmm. okay, so now you're the greatest at something that mm-hmm. you don't, and you never even knew what it was. Like when Danny said, what, what must it have been like to talk about with, Hillary Clinton. I was waiting. I thought that was a, a good question. And I was waiting to hear. And it was, well, I mean, I was just in a sweatshirt and I just had rolled out of bed. I mean, I took a shower, of course, and she's in a sweatshirt. So it was just Hillary in a sweatshirt. That was not the question. Correct. So to me, it's like, like you said, is this borderline worse than braggadocious? I mean, everything. I don't know anything about a podcast and my numbers and what's numbers. And I don't know anything. Yeah, and no, yeah. I did my own booking and 
Absolutely. And then when she talked to Hillary, she's like, now we are both polarizing women. It's like, okay, don't, you're not, don't group yourself (laughs) with her. Like she glommed on Hillary so hard. She's like, we're both, you and I are this. And it's like, okay, you're polarizing like in housewives world. Like you're not Hillary Clinton. Like, please stop, you know? And it's that thing of like, she just invites herself into that pairing. Like nobody else made that connection. (laughs) Hillary was like, I guess, I don't know who you are. Um, But that was, I, you know, I do, I do enjoy me some Hillary Clinton. Um, And it was really hard to see. I mean, she wrote such a nice message um, to Joe Biden yesterday, but it was like, man, it could have been her, you know? No, I, what, what, what did it for me? I was never a non-fan of Hillary Clinton. I just knew of her in relation to the White House when her husband was in there. Sure. But watching that documentary on her, I cried. Yep. And it gave me an insight when people, when people say she's cold, I don't get cold from her. I get guarded because when I see everything that she went through, but to me, it's, it's only guarded until you meet her because the warmth to me that translated to the TV when she was hugging these, mm-hmm. the people that when she was going out to see and these young women and when she met with, um, I'll never forget one piece. And you'll remember they went to see a group of women in middle America. And I cannot remember where, and her, one of her campaign uh, workers, African-American woman, I can't remember her name, but she told the story of how all the women did not like Hillary. And she was like, well, why? And she said, they said, because she stayed with her husband. So she broke it down. Like, think of this as someone you love. And then they make this mistake. And by the end, the women were crying and were like, oh, my God, I can't believe I didn't make that you know, correlation. And then the things that she did in college when she made a speech and stood up to the um, dean, you know, it was like amazing. Yeah. And so that's that's exactly it. She's been at it since like college. And so when when people go after records for people like her who have served for a very long time. Yes. I think Dor- Dorinda said it in an episode uh, at, at, on some reunion. And I always remember that, you know how Dorinda always speaks in like analogies? Yeah. And, <laughs> well, like yeah, blah, 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 then blah, blah, blah is going to happen. But she had one about like, if a, if you stick a cop on someone for long enough, like they're bound to make a mistake and get pulled over. Yes. Because, because if you follow anyone around long enough, like you, we're human beings who make That's mistakes, good. right? So if you look at someone, and my obviously I don't know what the actual wording was, but if you look at someone like Hillary Clinton, or Joe Biden, for example, who have been in government for so long. It's like, yeah, there are going to be some mistakes that were bad. Yeah. Um, but you have to understand, like, it was just, you know, sometimes we don't have the best judgment or we use the information that was presented to us. And, yes. you know, and I remember when, when Pete Buttigieg went after mm-hmm. Biden, which he had to do, that was part of the debate process. Mm-hmm. But it was after his record. It's like, buddy, you don't have a record, so no one can go after it because you're so right. So you're going after someone who has been doing this for years and years and years. 48 years. And you know he can't come back at you because, you know, you're the mayor, which is wonderful, but there's no track record of which to right. speak. So right. Not, not yet. Nothing's come out. Correct. And we just expect these politicians to be perfect. And now we really know largely what we just want from them is empathy and kindness and, and some humility. And that's really what we've learned, right? Like that's yeah. when it comes down to what this year has taught all of us. It's like you either are a person who cares about other human lives or you are not. That's what yes. Black Lives Matter is. That's what wearing a mask is about. Right. This election is about. It's very simple. Very. It's, it's, it's nothing. Right. It's like no, uh, 
no uh, deep discussion no. or philosophical no. anything. No. And what you are said you about the empathy. Yeah. Yes. Are you someone who can, about, are you the president of everyone and not just your base? Mm-hmm. And I remember, and this is going to sound funny who it's coming from, so prepare yourself, but how you said, you know, we, we want someone to have empathy and Joe Biden said, I'm going to be everybody's president. I remember when President Obama was running for his second term and I was in church um, and Giselle's ex was in the pulpit. It was his church. <laughs> and he said, I wish you guys could see Rich's face, but he made a good point. Yes, we want economic prosperity for black people. We want equality for black people. All those things any president should fight for. But we had to remember that President Obama wasn't just the black person's president. He was the president of the United States. And at first I was like, what? What do you mean? And then I, it was like, then within seconds, it's like, girl, like, he's exactly right. He's everyone's president. But it's understandable that you would hold him to that standard because mm-hmm. who, you know, like it was such an, it was such an amazing achievement to have a black president. And so it's, it's understandable that your thing would be like, well, he's going to look out for us first because mm-hmm. like we're family, we're the same, like we are connected. You yes. think like you have our backs, which I totally fair. I get that. But you're right. Then there was a moment of stepping back, like, Oh, but this is not just any old position. This is right. a president of a whole country. So right. Fortunately cannot be beholden to just black know, people because black, people, black yeah. e- even if he is, we still have to work in the world with everyone else. So, so it's like, try to make that better. Yeah, and that's what I want to understand more about uh, Kamala Harris because my, my, my friend said something very similar yesterday where it's like, you know, uh, when I was excited that she was picked as the VP, um, a friend of mine who was black messaged me this long thing and was like, well, she's actually been really bad for black people and she explained it. She was very angry. And I was like, not about to deny her mm-hmm. feelings and her experience. So I was like, listen, I hear you. Um, for me, I guess I'm just excited because she's black. She's Indian. I mean, she, it's like, yes, you know, so it was my, mo- it was my instantaneous reaction to be like, holy crap, this is really happening. But at the same time, it's like, again, I, I don't know enough to speak about this, but I do want to look into her record, keeping in mind what we're discussing, which yes. is if she putting aside her race, did she behave in a way that was, um, you know, incorrect, or did she, did she behave in a way that was like playing the hand too hard against people of color? I don't know. Those are the things I want to explore. So today, it's actually funny. I was on a uh, on Facebook, and uh, where common sense sometimes goes to like die. And um, yeah, a, a friend of mine posted something about you know you don't get to tell black people how to feel in this moment because they were celebrating Kamala, and. Mm someone came in and was saying all this stuff. And then a young white woman came on and and someone said, you know, when I see my people in basically positions of power, I'm excited. And a a young lady came on and said, see, when, when you got, which it's like, you're doing the same thing in a negative way. But like, when you guys say my people, you're being racist. And it's like, whoa, 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 man, back up, back up, back ups. But then they tried to bring up, Kamala and somebody made such a good point because I too being black was excited, but then you hear bits and pieces. And my thing was my dad always taught me to research. So I'm taking everything that somebody says and researches, but there was a black woman that made a a good point. She said, I'm sick of our community talking about Kamala was bad for black people. 
she did her job. She was a prosecutor. So right. if black people were in a court, now it's one thing, she didn't bring up the, she would, I mean, if I was a prosecutor, my job is to try to put away everybody that comes through my courtroom, right? Mm-hmm. I don't go out and say, go out and get the people off the street and say, I want to prosecute them, right? right? They break the law or, or, or accused of, and they come in my courtroom. So it's like, Another person said, you're exactly right. Was she not supposed to do her job? She was doing her job. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. And that's kind of what the conversation had last night was too, which I didn't think of it that way. But because I I find it hard to believe that she had an ax to grind with Black people and so was like intentionally, you know, but she also has to prosecute them to the fullest extent. It's literally, you prosecute to the fullest extent of the law. Good job. Right, she has to, right. And then- if she's partial to people, you know, who are black, like that's a problem too, unfortunately, like in that position, like, so, yeah, but I understand like, you know, I also understand people being very triggered by her as well. I don't want to deny anyone that, Mm -hmm. but I think it's important to, um, to give her a chance. Right. And see what exactly. And and I think people were upset because she talks about how she's Indian and I'm like, but we don't get up. See, so we want her to acknowledge that she's black. I get it. But when there are biracial people and they only acknowledge being black, we don't see a problem with that. Mm-hmm. You, kinda, you, you automatically tell them you're black, you're black. When they say I'm mixed and I feel like I can't imagine being from two different races and feeling like I can't say what I am. You know, yeah. now, Holly Berry, for instance, says she ident- she from the time she was younger, her mom has told her, you were black, because, and her mom is, you can look at her mom and she's very white. You can tell her mom is white, but her mm-hmm. mom told her, the world is going to see you as black. You are black. Mm-hmm. So instead of telling her you're biracial, you're this, you're black. So I just go back and forth with that. Like as a black woman, as a, you're an Indian man, we should be proud of our heritage. But it's like, man, if you, when you get into it, it's like, well, my grandmother's grandmother was full-blooded, full-blooded Indian. Do I go get tested and get my percentage and then say, well, I'm not black. It's like, it's a whole lot, or I'm not just black. I'm this, I'm this. I'm like, I haven't seen her say anything negative about being black because, and you can speak to this. Oh, I wish I had brought it up. They were saying, um, somebody was upset with her saying that her mother was high up in, and I don't want to say this wrong or be insensitive, but she's Indian. So her mom was high up in the case system. system. Yes. Yes. The caste system. Yeah. If she's, she's Brahmin, I'm, I'm Brahmin and we're technically at the top of the caste system, but the caste system I think is no, it's unofficially like still present. I know that when like arranged marriages happen, I've heard my mom ask someone like, Oh, what caste are they? And it's like, yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Oh, okay. So that's just a different way. Like how people, so in America, they, would it be like how people say the classes, like upper class, middle class. Yeah, but it's just broken down a lot more. So, so, so Brahmins are, they're like the priests. So it's sort of broken down, I think, by like community occupation. I don't know enough about it, to be honest, but I know that, that Brahmins are are the priests. There's like one clan that's not clan, one caste that's like the warrior caste. There's the caste that like, they clean things in the streets and they're the ones that stay away from. Like it's, it's, yeah. But that I think, and I need to look into this too, and I want to know the connection between that and the British in India. 
Um, Because a lot of, you know, when you see people within a community class, you know, and this happened on uh, Potomac as well, like, oh, they're ghetto, hood rat, Mm -hmm. that whole classification. Well, it's, it's, it's one thing to be like, well, you know, uh, like, or like within an Indian community as well, when we look down at people who are like, um, they're like the maids or they clean the street. It's like, it's like, while we, while we can demonize each other for doing that, it's like also understand the history. It's we, when we were oppressed by white folks and we became, when you're on the bottom, you're trying to, you're trying to claw your way out of it. Doing so you turn on the other people in your immediate, like, you know, you understand what I'm saying? Right. It's almost so, like with black people, they say crabs in a barrel mentality where everybody's trying to get out and the crabs uh, just keep pulling yeah. the other one uh, down. Right. Because, because there is this, especially if you're black in this country, you are, I mean, historically, you're not even considered full human for mm-hmm. God's sake, you know? Mm-hmm. And this whole thing about like, um, oh, we can be great again. And, you know, let's restore equality in this country. It's like, we have never, ever had it. So let's strive to have it in the first place before right. we say like, let's, we'll have it again. It's like, no, 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 never had it. Never been yeah. there. <laughs> right. And so, but that's the whole thing. It's like, when you're in a community that has someone's foot on your, like, you know, on your, mm-hmm. like, pressing you down, even with an Indian, Indian people too out in LA, it's like everyone's looking at each other, giving each other the side eye instead of building. Oh, wow. Up. Yes. Yeah. Um, and I'm, listen, I'm guilty of it too. It's mm-hmm. like, an, oh yeah. It's oh, the scarcity yeah. model. There's not enough for all of us. There's only one seat at the table. Instead of somebody, I heard somebody say, instead of speaking in abundance, we speak in lack and say, there's only a little bit instead of feeling, instead of saying there's enough for everyone. And if we come together, we could create our own and we wouldn't have to rely on what what have you or whatever and that's you know we were saying about the podcast too before it's like just because there's like there could be five other bravo indian podcasters but ultimately it's nothing to feel threatened by or insecure about because they're not for other people who are like me and i'm not like that right. like we yep. all have something different to offer and there is enough but we have been growing up and watching tv i never saw indian people so of course I'm going to grow up thinking there's a scarcity yes. of positions, you know, for yes. Indian people. So, and I think white, white people have done this to us. Right. <laughs> well, did your did your parents teach you? Because I know in the black community, it's taught you have to be better than white people in order to be even considered. Not like for a job, you've got to be better. You've got to be smarter for sports. You've got to run faster. You've got to be to even be considered, and, and you have to do all these things not having an even start. So I think when we're told that constantly, constantly, innately, you then will look at, if we have to be better than white people to even be considered, and if, like you said, if there's only a few of us that are gonna make it, then starts the, the inward, you know, tr- yeah. in, inward fighting. And I remember hearing years ago that it, the division among, let's just say black people, it, if you go back to slavery times, if you were light-skinned, you got to be in the house. You didn't have to work the cotton field. You were the one, not that you wanted to sleep with the master, but those were the ones he chose to sleep with. So that already was a light-skinned, dark-skinned thing there because the, and I, I, I'm, I'm going to be honest, I've even heard people joke about it now. I'm thinking back, I'm like, I've even joked about with my lighter-skinned friends, like, oh, you were in the house, whatever. You know, so like, yeah, you say it in joke, but it, like, it has real meaning. And, mm-hmm. and it caused, I believe, colorism within the black community. There was, um, they used to have the paper brown, paper bag, 
brown paper bag test. You yeah. know that, right? Yeah. Guys, if you don't know, if you're darker than a paper bag, basically you weren't considered anything. But if you were the color of a paper bag or lighter, you were considered better than. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing. It's like, you know, um, when you hear Kelly Dodd, who's like, I'm Mexican. It's like, oh. it's like what actually, unfortunately, the truth in this country is it's how you present, not what your like percentage of makeup is. It's yep. like, congratulations, Kelly, you're Mexican. A, you're still an asshole. And B, what? you don't present, unfortunately, you don't present as a dark skinned, as, as a person who is Mexican, you present yep. as a white lady. And so accordingly, you are given privileges that people yeah. who are, and you don't even realize it, but down to someone holding the door open for you when you walk in somewhere, <sighs> like, but you don't even realize it. Like, yep. because, so this whole thing of like, well, I can't be racist because I'm a quarter of this or a quarter of that. If you are presenting as a white person, you benefit from, uh, like, I, sorry, sorry to use this phrase, but white supremacy. I mean, that's yes. really what it is. Yes. And white supremacy, by the way, does not mean KKK hoods. Yes, it does yes. not mean burning crosses. White supremacy is the system that we have in this country, which is white people on the top, brown people in the middle, and black people on the bottom. On the bottom, yep. On the yep. Bottom, yep. You, it's um, the day of the election. No, wait, Tuesday. The day, two days after Thursday, I was in D.C. at the African-American Museum, um, the Smithsonian. And I had went once before with my kids and my mom and my dad and my uncles and my aunts. It was like a, a year or two lit waiting list when it first opened, like, because uh, Oprah donated to it. It's really big. Like, it depicts everything. Like, the bottom of the museum starts with slavery from the very first. They have actual shackles in the cases that they put on slaves they even had the baby shackles they had the um tools that they used on black women having babies which speaks to the mindset also that america still has sometimes black women and black people's pain isn't as uh painful if you will as they're saying i mean all of this here it is two days after the election when i got the tickets last month because uh due to corona they had shut down then they reopened and it's like barely anyone was in there so you could go online like say if i wanted to go tomorrow i would go online at 11, see if they had any tickets for 30 days from then. And t- at each hour, they released tickets. Never even thinking that was going to be days after the election, right? So we go into D.C. And I told my kids and my husband, I said, listen, if we hear anything pop off, we're out of here. Because, <laughs> you know, D.C., right? Oh, yeah, I wish yeah. I had a, it was like closer to the election. So I could have been there when they were celebrating. But yeah. and my brother lives in D.C. And I have another brother that lives close. But I'm literally re- watching. We're, we're walking through. The museum and we get to a part and it um, shows the first grand wizard and guys if you don't know what a grand wizard is it's the leader of a kkk sect then they show their hoods they show a picture of um white supremacists standing outside of voting areas intimidating black people they're showing video actual footage and in my mind i'm going for the people who say why are you always bringing race into it or that was back 1940s. I'm watching voter suppression and voter intimidation happen. And I'm thinking, here we are in 2020, and you have uh, Trump supporters showing up to rally, showing up to vote where people were voting, trying to intimidate. How, I mean, yeah, we've made progress, but how far have we really gone? And all the racism, by the way, is now, it's this like, um, it's not explicitly, it is explicitly spoken about as well, but just in how districts are proportioned and um, access to, 
you know, access to, to voting stations and stuff. It's mm-hmm. no accident that things are placed where they are. So the racism right. is alive and well. It's just on this like not surface level. So you don't even think about it, but it is very much baked into the system. And that's why like, I could not be more excited about Joe Biden being elected. Like oh. I am so deeply excited. However, yes. A, he is not going to fix racism. No president <laughs> can, nor is it their job. It's up to us mm-hmm. to to spread awareness and to be involved and to redirect our funds to black owned businesses. Like there's a million things that a lot of us will be doing. And I feel like the last four years was like the universe being like, okay, this is how bad it can get. If you people don't stop. Okay. It can get real bad. So now you have one more chance to wake up and turn it back around or this can happen. This can happen again. Yes. Did you see, I was watching CNN or Maybe it was Fox. Uh, Corey, my husband, likes to, he'll go back and forth between channels and he'll say, I just want to see how Fox News is Oh, I do it all the time. Spending the day. I don't yeah. understand how you guys do that because maybe it's an emotional thing. I literally have to stand up and like, I'm punching the air. I'm screaming at the TV. I'm like, I don't even, I, I, I'm going to go upstairs. I don't see how you can watch this because I get, yeah. because it's clear what they're doing. And to me, I, I guess I just can't wrap my mind around the fact of almost a mind control, like following anyone that much where you can't call out their flaws, which it's funny because that's the real world. And even though housewives is real world in quotes, it's the same thing in the housewife system. We can watch somebody do something, but if we like them, I don't oh, see yeah. anything else. It's, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Fine. It's totally true. Well, because, because it's all about the ego, because you don't want to be wrong about your opinion yes. as a person. So... So if you admit that Lisa Vanderpump was manipulating people behind the scenes, you know, then suddenly it's like, well, then that means you were wrong about her this whole time. Right. You don't and I'm, want to where I'm like, I'm like, yeah, she manipulates, but that's the point of the show. But then if like a Carol Radswell were to manipulate, I'd be like, she is the worst. She <laughs> yes. I do it too, by the way. I am no better. Yes, but. me too. I, and it's so funny because of all this in the world. And I'm like, what kind of, I won't even call myself a recapper, but when when talking bravo what kind of bravo fan are you because now i'm look i'm trying to look at it through eyes that i would look at in the real world which isn't always the way i don't think you're supposed to watch housewives it's supposed to be for enjoyment but for me it's not i mean i enjoy it but i'm more so looking at hmm and i'm taking notes and facts and comparing it to this and somebody said something so interesting um he was saying that people are taking the way we did things like say a Bethany, like when she said that about Luann try, Oh, that they were talking about Tyra Banks and they are showing old clips of her on America's next top model talking about this person looks too African or this person has a gap and people are taking the 2012 America's next top model Tyra and trying to hold her to the new day that it is in 2020, meaning it, was pretty much acceptable for her to talk to people back then. Somebody made it acceptable. And now they're trying to hold her to those same standards. And I realized that like, it's not like it was last year or in the middle of an awakening that we know this was, and truth be told, she's a model in the industry. And she was saying the things that industries have been saying for you years. Know, industry, totally. Yeah. This doesn't mean it's her personal opinion. Yeah. Her job is to create models for right. this industry that, probably at the time wouldn't be super into hiring someone that has very dark skin. Right. Of course she's going to say, oh, your skin's too dark to do runway or whatever. 
You know? Yep, I, I agreed. I was like, I, and I started questioning like, and I don't know if you've ever had this where you're kind of looking at things and you're like, am I supposed to be more upset or am I supposed to be more angry? Like I wasn't upset because again, that was 2012. And like you said, these politicians aren't, they're not perfect. So I, sometimes I imagine myself, if I was to get in the political world, there would probably be a host of things that I may have to explain. It, sure, yeah. it doesn't make me a bad person. It makes me, I made a mistake back then. I've learned since then and moved on. And then oftentimes too, I mean, look, I'm not defending all politicians because of course there are many, many horrible corrupt ones. Yeah. But at the same time, the nature of that job is for you to get things done. There are concessions that you have to make. And so people are like, well, you compromise on this. And it's like, it's never as black and white as that. And right. to assume that this person did this because they're bad and they're corrupt and they're terrible. Like, to just to be that glib to assume all the time that they're all just like horrible trash people. It's like, well, understand the job and you know, for them to get the things done that we want to get done. It's not just like, Oh, you sign something and it's done. It's like, you have to push it through a body. Usually they have yes. to agree who makes up that body and how do you, how do you maneuver that stuff? So I don't know. CNN was saying yesterday, it's like, um, they're like, I think Americans are ready to be bored by politics again. <laughs> like we're just, right. It's ready to be like a oh, boring budget, whatever. You know? that is so, I don't want to see my president constantly on Twitter and being fact checked. Like yeah. every tweet you're doing has to be fact checked. And I think my, my, uh, my whole thing with people is you support who you want to support. But for me, I think because I'm so, I try to be so fact driven. If I'm watching something with my eyes, I'm watching a person say something. And then it's like, well, he didn't say that. Well, he meant this. That's not what he said. Yeah. And he didn't even say he meant. This. So for me, it, it was very much like the whole voter fraud thing. I think that just enrages me because it's, I, I told someone, um, cousin of mine, who I feel like um, she's trying to belong to something and she wants attention, which is she did a post on Facebook about um, people. I, I'm laughing at people thinking who was elected was best for them. And I'm like, girl, I'm laughing at you because like, I know you. So, so I, people were commenting and there was like 58 comments and it's, this is crazy. And I know people may call this psychotic. I'll read through all the comments to make sure that I don't make a point on something on the same point somebody sure. else has done. Yeah. So I'm reading, reading and people are like, we're, yes, we're celebrating. Oh, he's racist. I worked for him for years, but my dad used to work at one of the casinos that um, Trump, ta was it Trump Towers? He was a boiler operator in the boiler room. I, think Tropicana, one of those. But um, so she was just kind of going back and forth with those people. So I, she said, and they call us sheep. And so I said to her, not us. Trump apparently thinks so. And then I just broke down a lot. I had just different bullet points of facts. And I said, you know, you're out here protesting um, male, male voter fraud when this, gen when this man voted by absentee ballot by mail four plus times and in the 2020 primaries but it's fraud. And then I told her, you know, she's talking about tax cuts. And I'm like, I'm like, look up 2017, the tax act. And when next year comes, and because you make X amount of dollars, you're paying taxes. Remember who put that in place. So I have bullets. So then she was like, responded back. He's putting a lot of policies. So naturally my next thought was going to be like, cause it wasn't rude. I was like, okay, well I was getting ready. To, I was getting ready to read it to my husband. Cause it's his cousin. I'm like, would you look at this? And I'm like, comment can't load. What? What's going she deleted mine. Everyone else's that was just like a back and forth was the same. Well, but when I had, yeah, deleted. Yeah. And I was like, and there we have it. Like, 
Wow. I can't, there's no need for me to even continue a conversation. Right, there's no point. You're not coming from the same, I mean, that's the thing. It's like a lot of times these, it's so tempting to like press the wound and get into these. Yes, yeah. It's because you're like, I just want to be, I just want to get mad and get into it with someone. But if people, it's like, you can, you can go on and on and on with somebody who isn't basing their argument on facts and you're never going to get anywhere. Yeah. You're just going to, you're just going to, it's going to hurt your own mental health. Um, yeah, it's just, I don't know. There's a lot to fix now, a lot to undo. Um, but at least we're past that. I mean, I just got a headline that said, while some grudgingly accept the election results, plenty more of the president's supporters remain defiant and believe Trump can still win. I just like, you guys, I mean, like, the whole world, world leaders have congratulated Biden. Like the train has left the station. It's okay? gone. It's it gone, guys. Gone. It's um, gone. Somebody was saying, um, I'm laughing at all of these people that think Joe Biden really won. And I'm like, are you like, what? Yeah. What was unclear about that? And just the way that, that Trump was like, he's like, first I was in the lead yes. and then they count mail-in ballots and I wasn't. What is this about? And everyone is like counting. You were the one who said don't mail, don't vote by mail. So your people didn't. So in most states, they count the day of votes first. Yes. Then the mail-in votes. So you literally wrote the script for this. And now you're like, oh, I don't get it. What happened? I don't get When he, uh, Don Jr. was like, what do you know? Uh, this I wanted to he was like um, you we went to bed and we were leading and then a hundred thousand ballots come in and most of them didn't say Donald Trump what happened and I was like the people didn't vote for him the fact that you and that's another thing that should really cause people for a person to be so arrogant to think that the it's a fraud election because people aren't voting for you. That's crazy. What? Like, I just, yeah. I couldn't wrap my mind. And I said, that's more dangerous. And somebody was like, well, he's not going to concede. And I was watching CNN. He doesn't have to. It's, it's like, that's not in the constitution. You don't have to concede. Yeah. yeah. It's a formality. If anything, look, we've learned though from Trump um, exactly how much a president can get away with. Yes. Which is, I'm like, good to know. Cause I didn't know all that before. Yes. Um, Cause a lot of the things he did, he just violated what the norm was, but guess yes. what? Unfortunately, the norm is not the law. So I hate to say it, but a lot of the shitty things he did were actually perfectly legal. They were just breaking tradition. So it's, it's an interesting thing to look at um, going forward. I mean, we know now that we do have to pay some attention to politics yes. because otherwise they, they'll just carry on behind our backs and kind of do whatever. So you have to keep these people in check. Um, which is what I think this election was. Yeah, definitely. And it was a, I hope to watch people that were, were support, like in the higher up in the Republican party to say like, Oh, this isn't it. (laughs) This is not the look for you. Did you see that Kelly Dodd tweeted or posted and then she deleted it? No. Um, she said Rick made her take it down. And I and guys, I do not follow Kelly. I know this because somebody I follow posted it, one of the Bravo accounts, but she had posted a picture of Melania and it said the bachelorette, like with the bachelorette symbol. Oh, I saw that one. I was yeah. like, mm, yeah, and I guess her Fox News husband said, take that down. <laughs> oh my gosh, Melania. She is, I watched some of her like, her um, statements that she makes to camera, but she's always like turned to the yes. left. 
Yes. It's the weirdest. I'm like, are you going somewhere? Like, we can do this later. Like, it <laughs> looks like she's halfway out the door, which like, is, like, very symbolic for probably she is halfway right. out the door. But hey, my husband, see, it's like, what do you, what? Anyway. Did you see what she said, the statement that she said? <laughs> this was so funny. Uh, my husband, and I'm paraphrasing again, but it was my, I'm, I'm, I feel sad at the way my husband is portrayed with regard to LGBTQ community. Oh, oh, oh that's my favorite one. She's <gasps> like, many people say my husband is anti-gay. Yes, yes. And I was like, anti-gay? At first I was like, what is anti-gay? I was like, oh, anti-gay, okay. <laughs> that was exactly. <laughs> but I don't make fun of accents usually, but that one no, I was- No, but that was, that was spot <laughs> anti-gay, on. Anti-gay, yeah. And then for her to say, he's the most accepting president, when you appeal to your Christian um, evangelical base by saying you're not mm-hmm. like that's your whole thing. Yeah. It was like, okay, wow. Oh my God. Yeah. Somebody, um, I, I don't know if you saw, I had to post it. Um, my daughter sent it to me. As soon as the election was called, somebody, said, somebody tweeted, need a stimulus check at Donald Trump uh, or at the real, it was so funny. I'm like, yep. yeah. Well, he's going to be in some trouble now too, because the yes. of New York is going to go after him. Yes. Um, so when I, I did Surviving R. Kelly season two and Southern District of New York has a case against him and they're the ones you don't mess with. So I feel um, like for him. Somebody was saying that that's why he's fighting tooth and nail to, to win because he won't, he can't be tried, mm-hmm. right, persecuted. Now I need to go back because I don't think, I don't know if you caught that listeners and I don't even know if I said what Rick does, but what did you do with Surviving R. Kelly? So I was the supervising producer in post for Surviving R. Kelly. So I was basically, we interviewed 70 plus people. This was season two, the one that aired in January. 70 plus people, including survivors. We don't call them victims. We call them survivors. And these were women who shared their stories from top to bottom. And then we interviewed um, a lot of lawyers that were either just legal experts who could clarify a lot of the charges, but... um, that job was really interesting because I had to learn a lot about the law. Okay. And the different, um, the, like, for example, the, the, the RICO Act, which I didn't know, the RICO Act was created to prosecute heads of crime families because those heads don't ever do any of the killing themselves, right? They have people do it. So yes. they say the way to look at it is like a wheel with the head is the guy is in the middle and the okay. spokes are all the people that do all the shit for them. So in this case, R. Kelly was, he's in the middle and he has people all around him procuring underage girls. For right. Him. He is able to distance himself from it because he is not actually doing it himself, even though he has done it himself. But right. so they're prosecuting him under that, which is saved for crime bosses, like mob bosses usually. And so that, if that charge sticks, that's the one that's going to put him away for Wow. Years. Yeah. I didn't even know there was a such thing. Now, yeah. Is that named after someone? Rico? No, it's, it's, it's an acronym for something, okay. um, which now I'm going to look up. But so, um, yeah, so I, I was know that. putting wow. together the stories for the episodes and like, okay, we'll play this survivor. with. And we were also tracking his... Um, we were tracking his life after the first season came out. So we started the first episode. If you guys didn't see it, it's on Netflix now. Mm-hmm. But we started the first episode of season two with the premiere of season one. Uh-huh. There was a gun, there was like a, a gun scare at that premiere. And so that was kind of fun because we fun in that in terms of creatively, because we are now breaking the wall by right. starting placing the first episode at the premiere of season one, right? So it's something that right. you don't really see a lot. 
And so this one survivor, Faith, who was in season one, she, I'll summarize this really quickly, but you have to see how this plays out. It's wild. There was that gun scare, and then she got a call from somebody at the hotel. So everyone went back to the hotel in New York because screening had to end. And this girl, Faith, got a call saying, um, we have your nudes and we're going to leak them. Yes, I remember that. Yes. Yeah. And it was literally, so she and her mom went to go meet this person at Applebee's, okay? And the guy showed in his jacket, he had a gun. Like, it was like a full-on crime. And then Faith ran out of the restaurant and had a seizure. Like, it was just, this is all the night of the premiere. So, but the larger story here, and we really touch on being a black woman. Well, there's so many layers to this. Being black, being a black woman, being a black woman who has been assaulted, raped, et cetera. And why your first call is not to the cops, you know, because people are like, why don't you just report it then? Oh, because we had a couple of his, these two white women who are twins and they run his mm-hmm. website and stuff. And they yep. were like, well, why did they not say anything immediately when it happened? Like, what happens when you get raped? You call the cops. It's like, maybe you, white lady. <laughs> right. Like, it's just mind blowing. So we really got into those layers of how the law does not favor people of color, mm-hmm. women, survivors of violence, sexual violence. Um, we talked about Dave Chappelle and how, you know, he did pee on you, which was, which was about a, an underage girl. And this was a fact right. who was urinated on. And so, you know, and I think he didn't care for season one. He wouldn't talk to season two. And it's like, and I know people love him. I know he made it. He did some great monologue that I haven't seen last night from SNL, but to me, it's like these comedians are like, ever since Me Too, they're like, well, our job has gotten so much harder. It's yeah. like, okay, well, take some responsibility. And like, just like you were saying before, granted the, the, the time was different and we weren't really as sensitive to things as we should have been. But now just say, okay, maybe something I shouldn't have done. Have the humility to say, I'll do better going forward. And that's it. It's like, that's what people really are looking easy. for. Yeah. Relating it to housewives. That's what Candace was looking for, an apology. Or that's what sometimes, that's what you're just looking for, an yeah. apology. I'm not, I don't need your blood, your this, but to me, an apology is almost like, oh, I recognize that I hurt you. Yeah. If people want to be, you know. An apology isn't, I apologize. I can't stand when people say, I apologize. I feel like you have to say, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I apologize dis- distances yourself. You're from, right. It's so formal. It's like, I apologize. And then, the salt in the wound is if you yes. were. <laughs> yes. Like, that is why we're having this entire discussion. What do you yeah. mean? Say, yeah. I'm sorry that I, I caused you to feel that way, that I yeah. hurt you, that I did yeah. this. Yeah. Yeah. And Candace, when they say that Candace apologized to Monique in the kitchen um, of her weird, like, yeah. green soup wall cabin, when she was like, um, she's like, I apologize if. Well, cause remember they had that side conversation yes. during that bonfire and if the we way made you feel not included. It, yeah. Yeah. It, but she used these like big words and it's like, Candace just, I mean, she's also, she's yes. something else too. I, I can admit that she's, she is one. I think she gets under their skin because, and even viewers watching, she's all about using her words. Monique said her mom taught her, you know, if you feel threatened, step on the foot, pull the girl's hair swing. So you learn how to fight in that way. Candace was taught to fight with her words. And unfortunately for some, and sometimes unfortunately for herself, she mastered that. So she's able to really get to people with her words. But what's funny to me, and I like is, and I know 
for lack of a better term, term, she knows better. The things she says are offensive, but true. Like, like meaning when she called Ashley a bed wench, that was funny because it, and, and not that it was like, people are like, oh my God, I'm like. She called her a concubine. Yeah. Yes, it's like, because people are like, she's married to a white man too. It's like, but if you look up, you know, like, so it's yeah. like, oh, you yeah. hate, to, it's like, then, at the, then for me, it's like, girl, you caused all these discussions now because now we're having discussions with people who it's like, uh, and like um, with the fight, my issue was that they caused, I wasn't upset jumping into Potomac, but I wasn't upset that they had the discussion. I wasn't upset that the discussion came up about how black women are portrayed. I wish they had made it more of a support and I, I get why they didn't make it a support because no, they don't like Monique. However, I wish they had it taken out of it. You make all black women look bad or you took away the standards we had in five minutes. There's a way that they could have expressed maybe how they truly felt differently without. Um, I, I'm trying to think if it was me in that situation, I feel like I'm pretty good with my words, but I don't know how I would have been then. And I think because I would, I would have felt like you're wasting my time. You came here. You wanted to have this meeting. Candace is not here. And I felt like it was to get the women on her side because remember all throughout the whole season leading up to, she was going at Candace and the women were kind of agreeing to a certain point. And then the tide started changing when they saw that um, at her lake house by the fire pit and Monique was saying, was trying to bring the whole thing up again. And Robin is like, really? That's unnecessary. So I felt like Monique had that, and probably production too. You work in production, so you, you may know. Did, <laughs> like probably production, maybe want her to have this conversation because in real life, I don't know that I would be having a conversation with, you know that you and Giselle's little whatever you had in the beginning is over. Yeah. You saw how they reacted to you. So now I'm going to call a meeting to say, I'm sorry to you guys, but I'm not remorseful. Like, I just didn't get, like, to me, I would have been like, you wasted my time. Or if she had a not went back and forth. I did it, y'all. I was angry. I'm sorry that I put you in harm's way, but I did it. I'm owning it. And then that be it. Mm-hmm. Then nobody can come at you. But it was like, girl. But yeah, I, if, you know. That whole meeting. And then, like, later she was like, um, Wendy had called and checked on me before and she was like, oh, I've been in fights too. But then at the, when we had the meeting, suddenly she turned on me. It's like, because she probably thought at the meeting you were going to own it. Yes. And so when you didn't, that's why she turned on you. Like, <laughs> like what don't you get? It, it's pretty straightforward. Yeah. And this thing, this like splitting hairs of like, I, I have remorse, but I'm not sorry or something. Remember? She yes. Yes. Words. It's like, it's like, that's just, it was such a cop-out and it was such an ego thing. And for her to be like, well, I was about to apologize to Candace, but then she that- charges. And it's like, why, what took you so long? It's very simple. It's like, even though you couldn't piece the events together, which like you could because you did in the car. But <laughs> let's just say, let's just, we'll grant you that. You couldn't put the pieces together. The facts remain that there was an altercation and it needs to be, I worked on Bad Girls Club for many seasons. Those girls, after that. a fight, they just dealt with it the next day and they talked yes. it out, you know? And those fights were like- Brutal. Than these, yeah. And so I, I do think with Monique, there's just, and I'm, I'm not saying Candace doesn't have this issue either, but let's talk about Monique, Monique specifically. There is such, like, like her pastor, it was her pastor, right? That uh-huh, she's yeah. There was, she does have this like 
managing of every little thing. Yes. And like, to me, what drove me bananas is when she's like, these women want me to change, but they won't show up to my thing oh. to see how I changed. It's like, but you told the, the MC to not bring it up. So how, what does one have to do with the other? What does your right. podcast have to do? Which by the way, like, I mean, the amount of money, like, why are you doing video? Po- it's whatever. That's a whole other <laughs> like, How much did she sink into it? Like 200K or something? 200K between paying the people that were working for her, the office space, the flyers, all of that. The, and her logo. The, her logo yes. would make my blood boil. Yeah. Can you please explain that, Rick? Because so, I like uh, how you so explain There are that. a lot of depictions of Hindu goddesses. So, so yoga is a very tough uh, thing for a lot of Hindu people because it has been co-opted by white women. Um, in America and a lot of Indian people have been left out of the sort of like the business of yoga. That's like everyone namaste, namaste bitches and all that stuff. So in all these like centers run by like these, these, you know, these like white ladies and white men who are, you know, trained to teach yoga, but it's like, it's like you're, you're benefiting off of an ancient Hindu practice. And also the way that a lot of white people use namaste is totally incorrect. Namaste is literally, or namaste, as you really say it, okay. is, it's, a, it's a greeting of respect. Or like literally, if you're older, you, a lot of older people say to you, like, namaste. That's how you greet each other. It has nothing wow. to do with peace or relaxation or unwinding. So all of this, like, namaste, that's not a thing. So, wow. So that's an example of how it's been, like, morphed in America. So when you add that to what Monique tried to do with her logo – she used a depiction of, there are a lot of depictions of Hindu goddesses with multiple arms. Yes. Um, and in the middle, the, the middle hands are praying in her logo. Okay. So it's this double thing of like a depiction of a Hindu goddess, plus you're incorporating yoga into it, which, which it's, it's that I can wrap my head around a little more, but then you and your husband are always throwing around Bible verses. So it's like, so you. So, so you want us to listen to your, to, to your Bible quotes and we're supposed to, you know, whatever. But then you can take that element from my religion and use it wow. and profit off of it. Like, I can't, I can't really put my words okay. together. About no, why, I, it makes but it sense. really hits me in a place that I find frustrating, especially because she has such a pious, holier than vow attitude, I feel. Yeah. Okay. Um, and so to me, it's like, I don't know. I, it just doesn't sit well with me. Um, and I don't think she meant to do it to be, she's not mm-hmm. doing it on purpose to be insulting or anything, but um, it's just the co-opting of that part of my culture. That's, that's a little tough. When I heard you describe that the first time on your podcast, I was like, wow, the things that we may not have known, but you taught me something. And then even now saying the namaste, it, it goes back to when I was growing up, my dad said, research everything. Mm-hmm. You just don't say like, um, this is crazy, but in the movie, what's love got to do with it when, um, why am I forgetting her? Angela Bassett played uh-huh. Tina Turner and she was meditating and she was saying what she was saying. And my dad is like, so I was walking around the house and he's like, so do you know what you're saying? Mm-hmm. And I was like, no. And he was like, you don't know wh- exactly. You don't know what you're saying. You don't know the meaning. And, it, and those things always stick with me. So you saying that is a reminder, right? We're just Americanizing things or just taking things that someone put on a t-shirt or made famous and you're not really seeing where they came from um, yeah that's yeah wow so yeah and listen i could be biased because i don't love monique but you know dina manzo had that uh 
I think her tagline had that in it. I think Teresa had yes. it. Yes. Um, so yeah, it's just like, and you know, on Potomac, they also did have like an Arabian Nights party, but they were like, oh, it's like yeah. Bollywood, which it's not. So Aladdin, Arabian Nights, all of that has nothing to do with India. Okay. So the culture is very different. Okay. And so when that stuff gets blended together, it's a little like, but it's not the same thing, you know? Um, but then on Shaw's too, they also had like seasons ago. Do you remember the season of Shaw's where uh, it was Bobby and Asifa? Yes. Yes. Fighting. <sighs> so they went to a store because Asifa was having like an Indian theme, something or the other, because she was half yes. Indian. Yep. And Gigi. I remember this. Super insulting about Indian clothing or something. She, it was something I, I, I can't remember it now, but I remember it's mm-hmm. like, so it even, it's even like brown on brown. Like this is not exclusive yes. to white people, you know? So we all just have to, like you're saying, like, like, you're, like your father says, like be aware of these things that are from another culture that we don't know what they are, but we just use them because it's cool and we'll just say it because it's cool. Right. It's like, we can all coexist and borrow from each other's stuff, but just know what it is and respect it. Yep. And um, if someone, if someone, so if you were to say to somebody, hey, in my culture, be willing to accept, like be willing right. We can't say we want to be open because, yeah, you may not know everything. But if Rick were to come to me and say, hey, you know, that logo that you use, you know, or or the namaste, I heard you say that. I just want you to know where that comes from. It's okay to say that. Yeah. And And I wouldn't say, like, go change it and rebrand everything. But it's like maybe just acknowledge that, like, oh, I wasn't aware and whatever. And that's fine. That's all most anyone is looking for when they feel like they're being when there's some sort of like cultural misappropriation, it's like most people are just looking for the acknowledgement. Um, you know, like if you take Blake Lively and uh, Ryan Reynolds, I don't know where you stand on this, but they came out recently and they were like, we were married on a plantation and we um, are horrified by the fact that we did it. And they had a whole statement. And so, mm-hmm. but I am not black. So it doesn't, it resonates with me differently than it would obviously. Mm-hmm. But to me, it's like, okay, if you are owning it fully and deeply, I don't know. Do we just say, like, okay, you know, you screwed up. You obviously won't do it again and move on. Or do we say like, they never should have made that judgment in the first place there. I'm done with them, you know? And right. it's, such a hard, it's, it's such a hard line because you don't want to just cancel people left and right. But at the um, same time, I, know, I feel like for me, when I heard that, my thought was, I'm not mad at you, but you knew it when you made the reservation. It just wasn't all, it just wasn't all this we uproar. We didn't just learn what a plantation right, is. Right, right. You knew yeah. when you did it. But with all this uproar, I can appreciate you wanting the black community to know that our decision wasn't basically like something towards you. Like, by because to me, it's like the apology is like, well, I I need y'all to be okay with it. Or no, I want you to know that we weren't doing it towards you. I never thought I would have never thought them getting married on a plantation was doing it. Sure. To be towards us anyway. yeah. Yeah. I just that's what it was hurtful. I just felt like you liked it. You knew it was a plantation. You knew what happened on a plantation, but you wanted to have your wedding there. That was your choice. I'm not mad at you. Now, my only thing would be now if you, if let's say the year before that they were preaching against plantations or made a big thing about plantations, then they turn around and back end and go and do it. Then that's an issue for me, but this wasn't so much an issue for me because if we, if you try to police, everything somebody does culturally you'll know i was telling somebody if i i can't be i have to enjoy life too because if i was into every little thing that maybe somebody said racist about 
black people. I wouldn't drink orange juice. I wouldn't drink Coca-Cola. I would have to, you know what I mean? Half the products mm -hmm. you may not be able to use. So it's like, I feel like I, I know it may sound horrible to say this, but kind of pick and choose my battles. No, that's not horrible to say because so on top of, on, on top of, you know, um, on top of there being a million um, affronts and offenses to black people in this country, are you now then supposed to also alter your life and go out of your way to avoid those things? It's like, so now you feel that pain. Now you also have to, you have to adjust your life to accommodate. Right. The, like that's not, yeah. So that makes sense what you're saying. Like yeah. why should you have to complicate your life? Because like this product has a history of, of, of that. I just, and for me, if I choose to not support, I just, unless it was something big that affected, I may say, I may even report and quotes the facts. Hey guys, blah, 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 blah. But I'm not going on, a, on any campaigns. There's a, like, before Stasi was fired from Vanderpump, I personally stopped supporting her. So right. when all this came out, it was like, okay, I don't need anybody else to. But when I would see somebody say, well, she only did, then I would be like, well, no. Yeah, yeah. Well, hold on. Yeah. Right. Like, let's not get carried away. But yeah. so for me, I feel like I don't ever want to bandwagon anything. If I, if I, if a lot of people talk about it, I look into it. And if it's something I'm like, whoa, wait a minute, I need to wake up and see this. That's something different, but I'm never going to bandwagon yeah. anything, especially when it has to do with being black, because it's, Almost like if you're constantly complaining, people are like, here she goes again. And then when it's something serious, they're like, you don't want to hear it because you complain about everything. But this is interesting, though, because this is sort of like uh, we read that article that. Uh, <laughs> Let's get that, into that. Yeah. You go ahead. yeah. <laughs> oh, no. OK, so guys, me and Ritter are about to get into the respectability in politics article that I've talked about for like the last three weeks, because it. Me personally, it bothered me on so many different levels. And as a person, no, I don't work at a magazine, but I've, um, I won't even say, I, I won't, uh, I'll respect her in saying that she's, she's a journalist, which is why this bothers me because uh, uh, to me, a journalist's responsibility is to state the facts. People can form opinions, but they need to be formed off of fact and not conjecture when you're a journalist and articles to me shouldn't be skewed. And in my opinion, the entire article was skewed. And then she did, she said something in the article that to me almost voided everything she said because she did, and I'll wait till Rita's done, but she said something and what she said basically was doing exactly what she was calling for the article not to do. Are you talking about, cause there was a lot of, the article was interesting. There was a lot of, um, yeah, it, it was, it was a mix of, of discussing respectability politics, but also there was a lot of like editorializing. Of, yes. Like where she landed on stuff that was happening in the show. Yes. So the tone was very, it was, it was a little confusing to me. I think, yes. I think the discussion about respectability politics, but based on what you just said about like having, having to, to say like, well, I, I don't want to complain about everything lest I be, that person mm -hmm. who complains about everything, but then it's like, why should you have to cater to what right. other people's uh, stereotypes are of you, you know? Um, which I think the article kind of touches on. It's like yes. that discussion of like, if you fight, it's a bad look for black women. And it's like, but who feels that way? Is it like, right. who, who has that image of black women? It's white people. And so why should you have to 
Why should you have to carry that and keep catering to it and hold yourself up to a different standard to please them, you know? Um, But I'm curious what specifically what you bumped on. So she was saying, number one, I didn't like, there was, when she was telling the stories about what happened, as a watcher of the show Mm -hmm. and like watching and going back and watching, the way she told the stories, it was like almost, if I hit you, if I walked up to you and hit you and then you lost it and beat me to a pulp, right? I felt like she would have written the story like if she liked you, uh, or rather if she liked me, um, walking down the street and then Rit attacked Taria. Well, yeah, after he was hit first. So there was a lot of important things that she left out and some of the things she was factually incorrect on. Um, but what really stuck out to me was she talks about the ladies were wrong for basically telling Monique, this is what white people think of you and, and basically stereotyping her. And then she goes on to say about Candace when Candace was in her confessional, in her most Becky voice she could muster. Mm-hmm. That bothered me because it was, and I had somebody say, well, I know about the Becky with the good hair. That's not what that was about. We know in the black community, if you tell somebody they're talking like a Becky, what you're trying to say is that they're talking white and you're using it as an insult. Mm-hmm. I've been there. I remember I was in a Gap store minding my own business. Three or four women came in I'm talking to the salesperson. Why is she over there talking all white? She thinks she better than us. Oh, girl, we will fight you up in here. Now, in my mind, I was like, okay, uh-huh. so I'm going to have to basically tear this whole store up. There's no way I'm going to be able to beat three of them that were much bigger than me. But I also, the other part of my brain, I felt like I had to adjust my posture. I had to adjust my tone and my inflection. And I had to come off very like, what? Mm-hmm. versus to me, you speak how you speak. I like speaking how I speak. Mm-hmm. And I know sometimes you will slip back into slang or whatever, depending on where you're from, who you're around, whatever, whatever. But so when she said that, I've had people tell me as an insult, oh, you talk white. Why do you talk that way? Why do you talk that way? That's what she was doing to Candace by using mm-hmm. Becky. But yet you're writing on the, the women should not have been talking about the way America perceives them. That made them look bad but you turned around and used that logic, but almost, but you did exactly what you said shouldn't be done. Like you were trying to slur her with using Becky, but white people won't know that yeah. because white people are not black. So they may not know that the word, the term Becky is thrown around, not just Becky with the good hair. Like, why are you being a Becky? Why are you being a Becky? They're trying to insult you. Mm. So for her to do that, I was like, to me, that's just not because you're clearly biased. Mm-hmm. In, in saying that, like, what other reason would you have to say in her most Becky voice? What are you trying to say about her voice? Yeah. We know what you're trying to say. <laughs> yeah, that, that is very interesting. And I'm glad you said that because I wouldn't have picked up on that necessarily. Um, it just seems like while saying these women shouldn't be calling each other ghetto, or I think she said like, uh, Candace called her like hood rat and ghetto yeah. and all of that. But you also then being derogatory towards her for the way she speaks. Like it goes both ways. It goes both ways. Yeah. Because you're still classifying her as, Oh, she's not acting like one of us. Yes. She, she's you're, you're othering her. You're saying like yes. she is, you know, and it's like, can't she just speak the way she speaks? Like she's, this is the thing about Candace is she is 
whip smart. Like she yes. has wit and she is funny. I mean, for yeah, all the- she, Right. She's, she's hilarious. She's very well read and she's funny and she's horrible in the, some of the nasty things she says. Yes. Yes. That's who she is. And whether or not you feel that's artificial and put on, it's really like, so you want everyone to be the same. So you have a definition about what it means to be a black, a real authentic yes. black woman. Yes. And she doesn't fit into that definition. But why do you get to decide what that is, you know? Right. And then to make the argument, you, you say, you use that derogatory term because that's what she was trying to do, to make the argument that Candace was calling Monique those things to separate herself from Monique to make it like she's better. I definitely don't believe that. I will say this, for me, we all have pride somewhere and it's not saying that it dominates us, but we all, we should have a sense of pride in some things. Mm. But imagine Rick, if I came up to you and you never even thought, like we're arguing, like never in a million years did you think I would hit you and say I hit you and got the best of you. As a person, for me, and then in front of people too, and I couldn't even get off like what I wanted to get off. I'm going to scream a whole lot of things. And so I definitely don't think that she was trying to declassify her. I mean, I'm like, okay, so look at Mama Joyce on the Atlanta trailer. Mama Joyce is calling Candy, Candy Burris's uh, Riley's father. He's a ghetto hood rat. So it's, it's not uncommon to say those. I myself have said those words. I have friends that have said those words about themselves. They may have said, girl, why are you acting like, and they don't mean it to be insulting and thinking about it. It's like, well, it probably is something that maybe we should look at. Like the whole N word debate is like, well, we don't mean it this way. Cause you say the ER that, you know, it's, there's a whole lot of things that we ourselves need to look at, but I didn't get the whole Candace calling her ghetto was trying to basically say that she was above Monique. Candace knew who Monique was from the day she met her and they were friends, whether it was outside the show on the show, she accepted her for who she was but they never truly accepted Candace for who she was once she, you know, once can't, the real Candace came out. And I won't even say the real Candace. I feel like Candace has been consistent from day one. Yeah. She's been Candace. Mm-hmm. So uh, that article just bugged me on so many levels. I, I wish she had have presented the facts and then said, here's how I feel. Yeah. Versus like you said, the tone was like respectability and politics. And then you're throwing in instances but you're doing it to point back to Candace starts everything. Candace does everything. Candace, and it was like, your facts are, t- and, and again, I guess that's what bugs me. It's like, you're a journalist. Yeah. Facts. Should, and I don't know why that bothers me so much. I'm gonna blame my dad. You know what people say? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I just didn't like the tone of the article. Yeah. But I agreed with her about the respectability that, you know. Yeah. I, that's the thing with this this is why it's so hard for me to go back to Potomac because there's a lot to unpack there, but just like the last few months, especially it's like that my energy levels to like yeah. get into that and to like, you know, the first couple of episodes surrounding the fight, I was all for just like getting into it in the nitty gritty, yes. but like we're still there. Like we're still in that, in that space. And it's like, and it just gets uglier. It just feels ugly. And like Monique yep. is being super ugly and watch what happens live. I'm like doubling down. Candace, of course, says on, on Wendy Williams. Yeah. It's like, I didn't agree with that. What Candace was saying on Wendy Williams, but yeah, I feel that I, do you, uh, she said, um, Monique has made me and all black women look bad. And I won't allow that. Right. That, I don't agree with that. Again, I go back to 
we could say, if we're going by that, someone could say the whole show makes black women look bad because you're yelling, if we're going by, it's not just a fight. It could be everything. Like, I'm sorry, um, is every episode like a little tea party where you're all sipping? Like, right. Like the whole point of these shows is to see people at their vulnerable and angry and kind of a pretty ugly all of it. So it's never, I mean, no one gets off looking amazing on any of these right, shows. Right, right. bearing it all and they're putting it all out there. But for you to say like, I won't allow that, it's like, okay, but then don't. Like no one is saying that that, <laughs> you're, you're the one who's introducing that. Like, so right. don't allow it then. Yeah. And I think too, maybe you feel like me when you say you're not ready to get back to it because I read the article and I'm hearing all these people that don't look like me dissect Candace. Oh, have yeah. such grace for Monique. And then some maybe are, you know, why can't we just say Monique shouldn't have hit her and why is there a but? Like, I, and when I ask, like, well, uh, so you think she should have gotten hit? My, a friend of mine, Stephanie from Mocha Minutes podcast, she's amazing. She raised a good point. She said, we do know that they're same-sex relationships, right? So if they were in a relationship, would you be okay with that? Because that would be domestic violence. Would you say Candace ran her mouth so she deserved to be hit? Would you be okay with that if it was that kind of relationship? Also, what is a friendship? It's a relationship. So right, right. Why? Yeah. Right. So it's it's. I just I think, and here I am discussing it again. But I I got when I read that article and then I heard people discussing it. Then I actually heard her on a podcast and listening to her and. And her Becky voice, I'm, and I'm, I'm being shady, but um, I felt like, you know what? Why can't it just be a fight? They just got into a fight. There is no deeper psychological right. dig that we right. need to do. They got into a fight. Monique could have just said, um, I had the guy that I was telling you about, um, Donnie from Know That, it'll come out next week. He said, you know what, Taria, you've written, what is it? They were saying, you know, Candace ran her mouth. That's why Monique hit her. And Taria, you've posed the question many times. What exactly did Candace do? He said, I got to be honest, nothing. She did nothing to deserve it. But I just like Monique, I said, I respect you. Mm -hmm. That's all you had to say. So I like, we're talking about respectability in politics, but you write this article, which is then fanning the flames for people who don't look like us to discuss us and tell us how we should have reacted in a fight. Now, so that's, that's why I understand if, if this had happened on Family Karma, for example, I would then have more stake in like wanting to get out there and like defend things and set the record straight mm-hmm. because yeah, because like it's like other people, I don't know when you see people that look like you on TV and for me, it's still kind of new, like mm-hmm. yeah. still kind of new family karma is obviously new. Like I'm like extra defensive, but also extra hard on everyone. Yes. And yes. I still don't know. I still don't know where I fall. And like, I can't blindly support like, if that had happened in a family karma, I, I probably honestly would be like, oh, you guys, it's not a good look for us. To Thank be honest. You. Like, Thank were, you. Yeah. Um, but uh, I know it's such a tough conversation yeah. like, because there's also no hard and fast one rule right. that applies. Because there are, I, I'm sure there are plenty of white people who are like, oh, that's all black people do, you know? But it's time <laughs> right. to stop, like, right, well, hello, look at look at how the votes, look at that, look at the Electoral College Ooh, map. Yes. <laughs> look at all the red states. Those are the people who are like, oh, that's just what they do. And it's like, you know, whatever, I could go on forever about that. But the point is, like, yeah, there are going to be people who invest in those stereotypes about yeah, you. But no after what. a certain point, 
point you have to sort of be like, well, that's not our problem. Like that's not our, um, I'm not going to live my life like carrying that on my back that I have to like make sure I don't offend. Um, I don't know. It's so layered. But I, I love how you said you would defend and then be harder on yourself. And I think that conversation that they had with her, that's what that was. Now, from Giselle's side of it, I truly okay. believe she felt that way. But also there was a dislike of Monique rooted in that, too. So it's like you're not helping because it could have very easily been like if that was my if that was her friend, she probably on camera would have been like, girl, you know how these people think about us. And in five yeah. minutes, that's different than and in five minutes, you took it away. Yeah. It's like the way she said it is like, girl, but like you said, we we. I do believe that conversation, no, let me go back. I wish it had happened off camera, but again, you're a producer, so you know, some things have to happen on camera, but I just, I just wish it had happened off camera because then it wouldn't even been open for all these discussions. People are not even talking about the fight anymore. Now it's like that. And I'm like, I'm looking at other black people like, don't act like you haven't had that same conversation when you've seen one of us wiling out somewhere and you're like, no, they know they need to stop because... Think of Candace uh, last year when Monique, I mean, when um, <laughs> Giselle and Karen were screaming in the lobby and she says, the white folks are looking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's yeah. like, I just, I, it just, I think it angers me and almost makes me sad that something that happens in real life, discussions really happen, is now almost being turned into fodder or like uh to use against people that look like me. Because at the end of the day, Monique and Candace still look like me and I want them to do well in their respective, Mm -hmm. whatever they are in front of camera. So it's like, guys. Now I do want to ask you this. Did you think that Dr. Wendy went too hard at her? You're talking about- um, At the the... meeting and then even after, like- No, I don't. Me neither, okay. Well, I'm trying to remember, honestly, I remember being really impressed by Dr. Wendy because I found her to be very clear and direct Mm -hmm. in trying to make sense of Monique's narrative. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I like that about her, but I don't remember, oh, after the fact, the fact that she wouldn't go to her, the podcast thing Mm -hmm. you mean? Yeah. Well, Wendy's another one too. People really bump on her talking about her education. Yes. I personally, I personally don't have a problem with it. Me neither. Because um, if I had worked that hard and gotten that many degrees um, and paid that much money, probably, yeah, damn straight, I would talk about it all the time. Um, you know, I also don't understand why, and it was in that article too, when people are like, she lost her shit at Ashley in the cabin about baby, how baby Dean came. And I was like, to me, she didn't really, like, no. you've also much louder and they were like oh you're being so loud and i'm like who are you people right like you have screamed much louder but and it was like this whole thing everyone's like well when she lost her shit i'm like did she she was like she's postpartum she didn't know she could bring her kid on the trip like it wasn't that it wasn't that deep like in that they they should have given her some grace with that and been like okay she's it's like they were so hard on her about that because like you said who are you people you've all been there so it's yeah. like, why over, is this new? Over stupider shit, by the way. Yes, yes, over, like, yes. Serious. Her being apart yes. from her kid, she had a very difficult, and they're like, you're not a new mom. And I was like, all right. Right, it's I like, am, come on. I'm not a mom, but I, I feel like I wouldn't tell a mom 
what a definition of a mom, a new mom is. Like that's, if she thinks she's a new mom, guess what? She's a new mom. Why do you get to decide if she's a new mom? Right. And how she feels. And if they had inquired a little more, you know, then she told the story about how the baby was in the NICU. It's like, yeah. And then um, someone said, she's not a new mom. Look how she walked out of the hospital. Like when they showed the Twitter, it's like, how do you know she didn't do that to make herself feel good? Well, also like, okay, so now she's supposed to be miserable for you to feel like, like maybe she felt fine and whatever. Like, right. Like it's not that deep. It's like, so you're analyzing her picture. So yeah, I feel the same. I, um, in the last few episodes, basically Karen and Wendy went back and forth because Wendy had heard Karen had said these things. So people are very team Karen, team Karen, because Wendy was like, Karen was like, I may not have four degrees. And Wendy said, not near one. And she said, but my mama taught me or her grandmother taught her about common sense. Here's the thing. Let's, if you go back from the beginning of the season, Sharon has been saying slick stuff the whole time about Wendy. And I don't know her. I'm not impressed. I'm, and then I said, look at when she's a black woman of a darker hue from Nigeria that has four degrees. She's made it over here. And in some black people's eyes, it's like, wow. You know what I mean? Because statistically in quotes, whosoever statistics they are, they don't have black people getting degrees like, you know, like four and five and six degrees, right? So just like they say Monique was triggered when Candace says, you know, are you going to drag me? Do you want me to? How do we know that Wendy has an experience being told, basically, you're not good enough? We know how America treats immigrants. Hello, uh, like with this last, with these last four years. And here she is, she's made it. So hearing Karen talk about, her degrees is probably triggering, even though it was through other people. But we also see how Karen has treated her. So it's like, mm, I felt. Yeah, sorry. No, no, I was just going to say I felt Karen on that. But no, you go ahead. Well, I also think, though, that Karen, um, I think Karen was just used to being, I don't want to say the grand dame, but she's, she was used to being the one with the most experience of the group, right? Mm. And the one who is like the common force. She wasn't initially, like she was really kind of like shady in the beginning and that yeah. was fun too. Yeah. But she sort of settled into this role of like, now, now everyone. Yes. And I have somebody come in who, that doesn't mean that Karen is any less smart because she doesn't have four degrees. Right. So when someone comes in and on paper, they are super educated the way Karen out of the gate, like you said, the first bite, she was like, not impressed. It's like, it's like whoa, what's happening there? Like, right. so that's why I was like, oh, we'll, we'll find out that something happened in their past, but nothing's come up yet. No. So I think her defenses were up immediately. And it was that sort of thing of how the reason like Dorinda and Bethany, Dorinda had such an issue with Bethany. If you remember, whenever Dorinda got wasted, it was, <sighs> she was always like, well, she said one of her initial bites about Bethany. She was like, for once, I'd like to have an event at a place that Bethany has never been before. I just want to impress her. And yes. that was the driving force because Dorinda, you know, I, I guess Dorinda was like very well-to-do in New York City and she knows everyone. And, you know, Bethany also, like they, they Dorinda's first season, season was when Bethany came back. And I, right. think, I think they're both kind of alpha in that way. Like Dorinda is the Karen who like, she's the go-to and she knows everyone and all that. But now Bethany's like, I've been here. I had an event here. I've yeah. been there. Remember the, the, that whole nutcracker, the nutcracker fiasco? Yes. Like it all stems from Dorinda wanting to be the provider and the one who everyone's like, wow, you really did it, Dorinda. You do it the best. And I think Karen yeah. likes to be that person. And Wendy's a threat to that because she's super accomplished. Yeah, I think so too. And it's like, 
me hearing for as much people are like, oh my God, I'm overhearing four degrees. I'm overhearing. I'm tired. I'm tired. I'm tired. I'm tired. I'm so tired because of my mom. I'm tired. Monique, I hate to go back. Well, I don't hate to go back to it. I'm going to go back. It's like people keep the same energy. Like, okay, Mm -hmm. so what? She talks about her degrees. And I feel like people who may, who, and, and, and if she does too much, I like how, even though Giselle, of course, retold the story wrong when they went to the lake house and her and Wendy went on a walk. And she was like, Karen called you a floozy commentator. Uh, of oh course, my gosh. it was like, no, she did say something about your commentating, but didn't call you a floozy. And how Wendy, what does she immediately do? Start running down her accomplishments because who knows again, if she's had to deal with that before, but I like how Giselle said, I don't need your resume. I don't need, and they just, yeah. and it was just yeah. funny. So if she talks about yeah. her degrees too much, just shut her down. Like girl, we know you got four degrees. Yeah. But it, it also sounds like culturally, your self-worth is tied to your yes. education. Yes. So at somebody, when you feel like you're being attacked, you immediately defend yourself and what you hold dearest to you. And for her, it's like, I can't be, well, first of all, floozy is like that word has, it's like, that's like basically somebody who sleeps around, right? It's right, floozy, right. Like, but she obviously was feeling super defensive and her go-to when she's being attacked is, but I have degrees, you right. know? Right. Because I think in her mind, it's like, how can you come for me if I have four degrees? Like she really, I think she thinks it's that there's a correlation between the two. Right. And other people are like, that's got nothing to do with this. Like, right. but I think that's her like, oh, I have four degrees. So why would you ever come at me? You know? Right. And because like you said, though, that's tied to her self-worth. So yeah. if she feels I, like her self-worth is, worth is being attacked. Wow. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. So Rick's broken it down for us people. That's what it is. So lay off a of Wendy. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Leave Dr. Wendy alone. Right. Yeah. Lay off all yeah. these women, except I do have to say, and she was one of my favorites. I mean, really, when you watch the season, all hands point to Giselle. That's really the one who told Monique about uh, uh, Candace supposedly getting close to Sharice. And then she's just told so much. And you missed the latest. You're going to, when you see it, you're either going to laugh or scream. Dr. Wendy tells Giselle, hey, when we were all drinking at Monique's uh, lake house, Karen let us spill that, you know, she helped Ray out with taxes. Okay. And then you see when she was like, you're not going to tell Karen what I said, are you? And Giselle said, no. And then Giselle, Robin and Karen met for tea and Giselle tells Karen exactly what Wendy said. Uh, Giselle. Uh, so I've never, I never liked her from the beginning. Okay. There was something okay. that always felt so like her. Okay. So the way she is gossipy and talks shit about people, it's not fun. She does it in such a judgmental way. Like she doesn't, it's not like, it's not fun. Like there's no tongue in cheek. There's no cleverness. It's like, oh, you're saying this now? Well, that means you're like this. And it's just so, Yeah. she's not funny about it. It's just like judgy. And it's like, look at the guy you're with. Like, please, anyway. (laughs) Right, right. And her confessionals, hilarious. Like be that, like on the show, like when she's in her confessionals. That's true. She's funny and she's quick. It's like, okay, but now we're like actively, like, it, 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 it yeah it's a lot it's fun. she's the reason yeah. i think that whole fight broke out at candace's house where people are saying candace pulled a butter knife it's like people do you know what pulling a knife on someone looks like not tossing it but anyway if yeah, she if she hadn't have told robin and candace to bring up what michael said none of that probably would have happened because i think some of mm-hmm. ashley's emotion was in that too so it's it's like yeah but karen said on this episode i'm gonna forgive wendy but i'm keeping my eye on Giselle because that's 
You know, so I'm like, okay, Everybody. people are starting. Yeah, everybody should have their eye on Giselle, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> I have my eye on Giselle. Giselle, like, I got my eye on you. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. Rick, I think I've kept you for four hours. I don't know. I turned my phone off. I didn't even look at the time. But oh, yeah. I enjoyed you so much talking to you. I just, like, want to call you on Zoom and just be like, hey, what you doing? Like, not, not, um, not even podcasting. <laughs> no, please, okay. I would love that. Yeah. I'm going to have, like, I'll, my hair bonnet on. I'll be like, hey, boo, what you doing? <laughs> Wonderful. I'll be, I'll be in my, I'll be in my sweats. I'll just leave, uh, I'll just leave this, we'll leave this Zoom link open and we'll just come and go. Oh as we my get. gosh, you are <laughs> amazing. Um, again, guys, if you don't know, check Ritz podcast out, Housewives. Um, I was going to say Housewives, no. Housewives yeah. Tonight. There's another podcast and I was like, that is not Ritz. Housewives yeah. Tonight. I've, I've listened for like, I'm a proud listener. I'll, I'll say almost since the beginning, but when I found you, I went back and binged everyone. So since the beginning, I'm a proud listener. Um, he has great insight and he works in this world. So he knows, you know, I was going to try to get him to tell us secrets, but um, he probably wants to keep his job. So I won't have him do that. <laughs> well, you can have me back and I'll, uh, I'll just, I'll just knock a couple of drinks back and maybe I'll, I'll spill some stuff. I'll even put it on my Patreon secrets revealed. Oh, see, so I did the, I did the Wendy, there's a Wendy Williams doc coming out next year that I did <gasps> in January or March. It was in March, right before the pandemic. What? Um, yeah. And I did Lindsay Lohan's beach club, which was a whole other, I mean, that was, yeah. And like 16 seasons of bad girl. So I got stuff, but you just got to get yes, some drinks. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. We're going to do that. Um, and even though we all share, share like in this community, he will not be telling any other podcaster before he tells me because he's my friend. So <laughs> Absolutely. Guaranteed. That is my promise. Yeah. Again, in case they don't know, can you tell everyone where they can find you? Well, very simple. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Wives Tonight or Twitter at Wives Tonight. And the podcast is Housewives Tonight. It's everywhere. iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Wherever you look for it, it should be there. And I, this last week, I, I had like a quick episode before the election, but I have a fun, I have a fun giveaway coming up for November, which I'll be announcing next week. So I'll be back to my regular schedule starting next week. I just needed an election like yes. line break. Yes. And guys, listen to the last episode. There's parts in there. Well, everything is always funny, but there's part that I, that I had to contact him about and be like, I'm dying right now. And I've listened twice. Yeah. Yeah, I, yes. I, I won't say what it is, but I reviewed uh, the movie Holiday on Netflix. <gasps> and he makes me want to see it now based off of his review. Oh, you oh, must see it. <laughs> see it. Please review it on the podcast. I'm, I would die to hear your take on it. Okay. Uh, I'll have to have you on too. So that yep. way you can read. Because I wanted the fullness of your, that was, your, your, your review was hilarious. So. Guys, thank you so much for listening. Again, follow Rit, and I will talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.